Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It's Doug Maurice. It's Mary Kay Cabot. And it is the continuation and the conclusion of our draft of the Orange and Brown teams. We're splitting the Browns roster in two. Mary Kay and I last week did this for the Browns offense where she drafted Baker Mayfield. And I did a poll, Mary Kay, that I put out to the general site audience. And I'm, I'm saving it for our the people who are the Browns insiders. I'm going to let them vote on the team in totality. But you smoked me. The vote was like 80 to 20 of Mary Kay's team is better than Doug's team. I'm, I'm sure that you may have noticed the poll results, but you were kind enough not to bring them up and shove them in my face. Well, I told you I had a sixth grade oriented fantasy draft and we are living in a fantasy world right now. So naturally, my draft would have been more attractive to uh, to the general public than a than a very mature and wise draft that that built that offensive line uh, very stoutly up right up front the way that it should be. So sorry about that. Yeah. I was going through those. I was I was I was playing to the crowd. Oh, <laughs> uh, I should have known better. I am. So I have the first pick. We're going to do it here on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to pick Baker Mayfield first on the defensive draft, just to, just to play to the crowd. I don't <laughs> care that he doesn't play defense. So what we're going to do last time we had 12, 12 picks for 11 spots. You had to put an offense out there and we had a bonus pick that you couldn't use until the fifth round. This time there's no limitations. We're taking 12 players to put out an 11 man defense. There's enough moving around on defense. If you want to play two linebackers, if you want to play three, if you want to play three safeties or two or play nickel or play base or play three down linemen or whatever you want to move Clowney inside it, whatever you're Joe Woods. I'm Joe Woods. We get to do whatever we want. And we are going to draft this full, Browns defense will end up with 24 defensive players in this draft, 12 on each team. And then we'll put all those together and see who assembled the best team in case we had a little scrimmage. That'd be fun, Mary Kay, if they let us do that. We had a little scrimmage uh, where you coach your team and I coach my team and we go against each other for a half. That would be awesome. I'd love it. So I'm going to take Miles Garrett and I don't even know what the discussion is about that. Of course, he's the number one. And I, the, the only thing is, Mary Kay, I, I, as much as like obviously the quarterback is number one, on the offensive side of the ball, when you took Baker Mayfield, I almost feel like in some ways, and it's perhaps based on the existence of case Keenum and some other things. I I almost feel like miles Garrett is almost more of a number one than Baker is a number one. They're obviously the number ones on each side, but like, if you kind of know what I'm saying there, Mm -hmm. that, 
again, it's not a fun discussion to have. Well, who would you rather lose? It's like, you don't want to lose either of them. But Miles is just, I mean, it's like you take him off the field and it feels like it just the the balloon deflates a little bit, Mary Kay, when Miles Garrett is not at his best and on the field for this defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about it in terms of just in its simplest form, when you try to replace that person, can you do it and how can you do it? And so, as you mentioned, Baker Mayfield goes down, you can plug Case Keenum in there. And we don't know if he would be the Case Keenum that went 11 and three in 2017 and took that Vikings team to the NFC championship game. Uh, But uh, we are assuming that because he knows this offense so well and that he's a good quarterback that you could get by with him and still win games. You take Miles Garrett off the field and there's just not another Miles Garrett. There are so few Miles Garretts in the entire NFL. And Genevieve Clowney was supposed to be kind of a Miles Garrett uh, when he was drafted number one overall, but he didn't turn out to be that pass rusher. He's a disruptor, but he's, he doesn't get home all that often. So he's not going to get, 13 and a half, 14, 15 sacks for you. So I, this has got to be the pick here. And I do think that you could make a case that he is the number one person on this football team that you would least want to lose for the season. All right, Mary Kay, your first round pick, who you take him? Okay. Now there's a number of different ways that I, that I could go here. Uh, but I just think I'm going to go with the, uh, the best cornerback on the team uh, I'm going to, I'm going to choose Denzel Ward here uh, just because, I mean, you know, some people even believe that, that the back end is more important than the pressure that you get up front. Uh, there, there is some uh, thought that, you know, that cornerbacks are even more valuable than pass rushers these days, especially in this pass oriented NFL. So I'm going to go with Denzel Ward. Uh, I, I think that Denzel I thought he was off to a tremendous start last season. I thought he was really establishing himself. I thought he took his game up another notch and established himself as as locking down his side of the field. One thing I think he needs to do a little bit more of if he possibly can, and I think he might have more opportunities to do this this season, and that is create some turnovers. In order to be an impact player, uh, somebody that makes Pro Bowls, you 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 have to take the ball away somehow. You've got to, he's got to get some interceptions and he's got to recover some fumbles for some fumbles. Uh, so he needs to add that element to his game to be an elite, elite cornerback. But I think he's the pick here. And right. His rookie year, Mary Kay, did, he had a couple of picks early mm-hmm. in that rookie year. And it felt like it was like, holy moly. Like you could, there's a, there's the actual benefit of a turnover, which obviously games turn on turnovers, but there's like that intangible benefit of like, I think it makes a defense feel dangerous. I think it makes a player feel dangerous. I think it puts a quarterback back on his heels a bit. And when he came out and, and did that early in his career, it was like John Dorsey is a genius. We're taking him at four instead of Bradley Chubb. And it wasn't just that he was playing well. It was the picks, right? It just was such and and can you imagine I mean, it's one of those six. Can you imagine if Denzel Ward intercepts Patrick Mahomes on like the second drive of the Chiefs game? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, well, of course it would be a big deal. But like, I think it would just permeate. It would ripple through the entire team. And if he can do that six times this year in big moments, oh, Denzel picks off Lamar Jackson. Oh, you know, like here's this. You know, Joe Burrow's trying to like, uh, you know, make this game close. And then Denzel gets a pick on Joe Burrow and like slams the door on the back. You can just imagine what those moments would feel like, Mary Kay. And he's the guy on the team, other than a Miles strip sack. 
he's the guy on the team, I think, most likely to make that type of play. Yes, and he needs to make more of them. And it, it, it's just the, the bottom line. Remember in the first half of the season when Miles Garrett, as you mentioned, was strip sacking like crazy. Those were such game-changing plays. He was the reason they were winning football games. And Denzel needs to do that. They need to win two or three games because of Denzel Ward, at least two. You need to, he needs to be a more of an impact player in the takeaway game. Okay. So I do think there's a choice here for me with the number three overall pick. If I was going just by um, trying to like stick it to Mary Kay, build the winning team that's going to get the votes, I think I would go one way. But I'm going to go a different way, which is what I think about the defense. And again, in the end, I hope this is like an instructive exercise that's kind of obvious on its face, but also sometimes it gets to important conversations about the football team, which is why we're here to begin with. We're not here for Doug to get votes. I mean, if you want to vote for Doug, I'm not (laughs) going to turn down your votes, but that is not the primary focus of the draft. So I'm going to take John Johnson. And that is my reflection of how important the signing was a reflection of how a safety that you believe in to sort of like run the defense, make plays, be sort of like the guy that Joe Woods, like if you have a guy like this, I think it makes everything that Joe Woods wants to do come together. Yes, they have other safeties, but I think he's that important. And so and, and I do think safety in this defense, right? That it's like, I think Andrew Berry showed that with like, oh, how important is like, oh, is this important? They went out and spent a, a lot of money on arguably the best safety out there. And they did it like the minute you could sign a guy. So there are other candidates here, but yes, like if they didn't have him and if Delpit's healthy, right, Mary Kay, they could maybe fill in. But I just think this guy is just going to settle everything in the back end. And I think if I'm talking about importance, about how good he is himself at a job that is vital to this defense, I think I do think John Johnson is is number three on this list for the Browns. So that's why I'm taking him here. Yeah, I think that's a great pick here. I really do. I, I I kind of in some ways expected you to take him here and I'm a little jealous that you did because I, I would have taken him next. Uh, th- that's just a, a tremendous pick. As you mentioned, safety is so vitally important uh, in this defense, but it's, it's more than that with him. He is such a vocal leader. I think he's going to knit the whole thing together. You've got, a, you've got young guys back there. You know, you've got Denzel who, who leads by example, but not necessarily a fiery vocal guy. And I think that John Johnson three is going to come in there and establish himself right away as the man in the back end that is just going to help direct traffic and elevate the play of everybody else, including Denzel. I think Denzel is going to learn some things from John Johnson. So um, I, I think that, I think that's a great pick. And I, I again, I would have picked him there or next. All right. So who are you picking next? All right. Well, because you have obviously the best defensive lineman on the team uh, on your roster, I need to have that guy. I mean, I just need to have somebody that uh, that can wreak some havoc up there and put a little fear into an offense. So I'm going to go with Jadavian Clowney here. Uh, I'm going to bank on the fact that Jadavian is going to be able to get pressure, that he's going to be able to set the edge. Uh, and that he's going to be rejuvenated here and play at the elite level that he's capable of. I mean, he is an elite defender in many ways. Doesn't always get home on the sacks, uh, but he does so many other things really well. 
uh, he's the guy I have to have here. That's the guy that if I would just want to say, okay, well, I could get, I could pair Garrett and Clowney and that, that would get the eyeballs. I, I thought about that, but I do think he makes sense as the fourth pick here. Um, and again, part of the fun of this Mary Kay is that there's still good players left, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the, the thing that we keep talking about. It's why we keep doing these things. Cause we keep finding out how many good players are on this defense. I am a little conflicted here now because there is some some strategy I could get into here, I feel like, with what's available. But again, I, I kind of want to go this. I, I don't know that this is the guy that everybody would pick. But I think this is this is positional value of where he is compared to the people behind him. And so I'm going to take Troy Hill in the slot. And now, th- was Greg Newsom working in the slot a little bit? when you guys were out there watching them, were they, like, is there, are there, are there any, is Troy Hill, like we know MJ Stewart's behind it, but like, is there, could either Greedy or Greg Newsom do anything in the slot if they needed to this year? Or is Troy Hill kind of like the be all end all in there for them? I think Troy Hill is the be all end all in there, in there for, for them. I suppose you could try uh, Greedy or Greg in there, but I don't, I don't envision that happening per se. Uh, I, there is some t- talk that maybe Greg can do it, but I, I don't think that's really so much in the card. So I think Troy Hill uh, is, is their all important slot guy. All right. So that's why I took that then just of like, you know, we know obviously Greedy and Newsom are both out there, but there's two of them. There's one of Troy Hill. I think he's important to what they do. A good slot corner is so important in the modern NFL and they, I think, went out of their way to make sure they solved that with Troy Hill. So he's my fifth pick here, which leads us to the overall number six pick in Mary Kay. All right. So this one um, is a, a little bit of a challenging pick for me because of an injury situation. But as you mentioned, the safety is vitally important in this defense. It is so important. Uh, and, and you obviously got the best one uh, on the team right now. So I can't have him, unfortunately. Uh, so I need to pick a really, really good safety and I'm going to go with Ronnie Harrison. I'm going to go with Ronnie Harrison here. He had a really, really good spring. Ronnie Harrison, as Joe Woods observed is a different guy this year. He showed up on the doorstep on September 3rd when he was acquired in a trade with the Jaguars. So he had to learn the defense very quickly. He didn't know it. And then he suffered a shoulder injury late, but I think Ronnie Harrison is going to really excel in this defense and I think he's going to have a leg up, no pun intended, on Grant Delpit because Grant is coming off the ruptured Achilles. So not only does he not have any experience in an NFL game, but he's also coming off of an injury, and it might take him a little while uh, to just kind of get back to where he needs to be. In the meantime, I think it opens the door for Ronnie uh, to really excel, and I think Ronnie has big playability. I think he's that turnover guy, and turnovers are going to be so vitally important. You win the game 80-some percent of the time, if you get those takeaways, he's got a nose for the ball. He can pick it off. He can fump. He can force fumbles. He can recover them. I think they're really excited about him. I'm going with Ronnie here. You know, it's interesting, Mary Kay. Again, we've talked about all the guys I think on this team who are good, but yet might have a ceiling that we aren't expecting, whether it's the older guys like Clowney and Odell Beckham, whether it's a younger guy, you know, like Grant Delpit or Greedy Williams or Greg Newsom. I don't know that I had been putting Ronnie Harrison in a category like that, when I was thinking about it in my head of like, Hey, who are the guys who are good, but might be great. 
for the Browns in 2021. And the idea that Ronnie Harrison, because we saw, I mean, we talked a lot about Ronnie Harrison last year. I think you could make arguments that Ronnie Harrison at times last year was like the third or fourth best player on the defense. But the idea, Mary Kay, that, oh, no, 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 no. You have not seen the best of Ronnie Harrison. And if we're putting guys in a leap bucket, that he is one of those guys is a very, I would think, exciting proposition for Browns fans because, but it also makes sense. I mean, listen, he got here late, right? He had a couple injury issues. He has a whole year of being in the system now. And I guess it does make sense that maybe he came out and showed people some stuff this spring that was above and beyond what he showed last season. Absolutely. And uh, I I have a feeling he's going to be in the starting lineup against the Kansas City Chiefs unless Grant just comes out of nowhere and proves that he deserves it. I think when you're going against a team like the Chiefs, experience is going to matter. And and Ronnie's got a lot of games under his belt, and they need to hit the ground running in that game. They they need to be ready to play some football in that game. And I, I think that there's a chance Ronnie will be in there. Okay, uh, I'm between two guys in this pick. And, well, I'm just going to take Greg Newsom. I need to take a corner. And I think that's pretty good for a rookie to be the seventh pick on a defense that I think people are expecting to be pretty good. But I also think this. I think there's a world, Mary Kay, where Browns teams of the past, if you had a cornerback who was taken in the first round and you were picking defensive players, uh, he might be like third. You know, you'd be like, well, I don't know what else they got. I mean, I saw the guys they had out there last year. I'll take the first round rookie. But also, so they're much better than that. They're much better where like they need to be saved by Greg Newsom. They don't. But also, I think this is an indication, you know, that this this they also kind of need this guy. And so I'll be curious to see what you think of, of my selection of him here, because obviously Greedy Williams is wrapped up. It's hard to talk about Greg Newsom or Greedy Williams on their own, right? They're kind of the conversations are all are constantly linked. Did I go too early with Newsom here because greedy is still there and it's either, or, and you're fine with, with either of them, or given the fact that greedy missed all of last year is, is Newsom just much more of a sure bet. I would have gone with Newsom there. And if you hadn't taken him at seven, I would have taken him next. I, I was kind of hoping that you would not take him but you're just messing me up throughout this whole entire draft. Uh, no, that that's a great pick there. That's a great pick. And for the same reason uh, that I picked Ronnie Harrison over Grant Delpit, Greg Newsom is healthy. Okay. Greedy and Grant are coming off of injuries and that has to be factored in. We didn't see uh, them go full go in minicamp. We don't exactly know. We just don't know what they're going to be in the early part of the season. Greg had a really nice spring. Greg, I think exceeded expectations. Greg looked good. I think, uh, I think there is a chance that unless Greedy really comes up the, the curve, the health curve very quickly and gets in there and starts to make an incredible impact, uh, I think Greg Newsom is going to be in there on opening day as a starter. All right. That's the seventh pick. Mary Kay, who are you taking eight? You know, I'm going to go with JOK here. I'm going to go with Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa here. He was the, their second round pick but he could have been their first round pick uh, had things fallen a little bit of a different way. They would have been ecstatic to get him in the first round. Therefore, I know he's viewed as one of the premier defenders on this football team. And they're so excited about all the different things that he can do. And I think just because we haven't seen the linebacker position uh, just be exalted by these, by this defense just yet, 
I think it's a new day. It's a new era for the linebacker in Cleveland Browns football. And JOK is the, the hybrid guy they're looking for. And I think he's going to be on the field once he once the lights come on for him. And it's got to happen fast. But once the lights come on, I think he's an every down linebacker for him. I think they're excited about all the different packages and things that they can do with him. And I, I just think he's, he can be dynamite uh, it, as soon as he's ready uh, to show exactly what he can do. Obviously, they have a lot of different options at linebacker, but he definitely has the most upside. Right. I mean, Jacob Phillips still could be a good player. Right. I mean, I don't know. We kind of know, I think, what Sione Takitaki and Mac Wilson are at this point. Anthony Walker's a veteran. Malcolm Smith is a veteran. This is the guy where maybe not maybe not week one. Right. I don't know. I mean, maybe not. But by the middle end of the season, this guy has a skill set. Right. That that is just a little above the other options at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And uh it's going to be fascinating to see what they do with him and how they do it. Uh, because we know they've been on the whiteboard trying to, to come up with packages and, and plays for him and different things. And, and what we've seen before from the position, uh, we're going to see things that we didn't really imagine before. And, and he's going to be the reason why. All right. We'll take a quick break here on the orange and brown talk podcast uh, podcast. Come back with round five. We're eight picks in. Uh, we got, I don't know, a lot more to go. 16 more to go. It's Doug Lamarice and Mary Kay Cabot drafting two teams from the Browns defense. We'll be back after this. All right, Doug and Mary Kay back. And I wasn't sure you would take JOK there. I was thinking, you know what? I think I'll be ready to take him at the start of round five. But I'll take the guy that I thought you might take. And obviously, health considerations aside, I'll take Grant Delpit. Um, I just think when we're still talking about some upside that is still there, I think he has the most upside left of, of the guys are on the board. And it's just, I can't get Antoine Winfield out of my head, Mary Kay. Mm-hmm. And I think Antoine Winfield applies to Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa as well. That again, it's like Tampa Bay Buccaneers who were a good team took Antoine Winfield in the second round of last year's draft. And by the end of the year, he was one of their most important players as a second round pick on a very talented team on both sides of the ball. So Grant Delpit and JOK are the second round picks the last two years. Neither of them has played a snap of NFL football, but that's what I keep thinking again. Like what if that happens that you have second round picks who on a very good team, show what kind of players they are. And I think, so we're taking the two second rounders back to back here, Mary Kay, you know, Delpit's injury is the complicating factor, but I think it's possible. And listen, I mean, Antoine Winfield was like, that's as good of a second round pick immediate impact as we've seen in however long, but I don't think it's impossible for either of them to at least get within range of kind of what Antoine Winfield did a year ago. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they were so excited about Grand Delpit when they drafted him out of LSU last year. Uh, talk about, you know, having a package of, of things that a guy could do for you. He was going to be in on all the sub defenses. He was going to play uh, safety in the big nickel. He was going to start. Uh, he was going to play in, in every sub defense that they had. Uh, they were going to play him uh, deep. They were going to play him up. They were going to do everything that they possibly could with him. And, um, and they were super, super excited about him. And again, he would have gone higher here. I would have taken him at six if, if it weren't for the health. 
So yeah. this is a, a really nice value pick for you here. And if he's if he's healthy, I mean, you know, then then I I made the wrong decision potentially uh, in picking Ronnie over him. But that that's a great pick right here. And once again, I mean, if you throw Grant a healthy Grant and John Johnson out onto the field, you're going to have some some amazing safety play. All right, you're up with the tenth pick. All right. I need, you know, I need that other starting cornerback. And again, health is a huge issue here. I'm going with Greedy Williams and I'm pulling for Greedy. Uh, I, I really like him as a person a ton. I mean, he's just, he's a really cool guy and he's, he's a good cornerback. He's a really good cornerback when he's healthy. He needed to, he needed to improve. And I think he was poised to do that last year. He worked really hard in the offseason, and they were really happy with the progress that he showed heading into training camp last year when he suffered this very serious injury. Nobody knows exactly how this recovery is going to go, um, but I really hope that he can get back out there and and be a player for the Cleveland Browns because uh, what a, a fine young man he is. I, I had the pleasure of interviewing him this offseason. He really opened up about this whole situation that he went through and uh, and just some of the emotions involved in it. And, but this is not an emotional pick. This is a pick. This is a football pick. If he's healthy, uh, he can be a starting cornerback in the NFL and they really need three. I mean, you have to have yeah. three. Denzel isn't going to stay healthy for 17 games and you know, you just don't know. So I'm going to go with Greedy here. Let me ask you this, Mary Kate. Do you think, I would hope that the presence of Greg Newsom would allow Greedy Williams and the Browns to say like, okay, well, there's not immense pressure on like greedy, like greedy's got to be back or the Browns are in trouble. Right. That it's like, listen, we want you back there as, uh, on the field as soon as possible, but we have this other guy, but also I could see sometimes Mary Kate's like, well, it's a competition now. And greedy Williams doesn't want like Greg Newsom to take his job. Right. So I would hate to see greedy and listen, of course, the medical staff and the coaches and the front office and Greedy and his agent, and they'll all work together to make sure they handle this the best way. But do you think it like Greg Newsom's presence sort of ramps up Greedy's urgency to get back on the field? Or does it take some pressure off and ease back and say, you know what, let's make sure he's 100% healthy before he gets back out there? How does Greg Newsom affect how Greedy Williams views his spot on the roster? Well, competition always brings out the best in everyone. You would not be at this level. You would not be in the NFL if you did not have that in your veins. I mean, that's just the nature of this job. So I think uh, being pressed and pushed by Greg Newsom will help uh, Greedy make sure that he is on point in every way that he can possibly be, including you know studying film and doing all the things that he can possibly do to be an excellent cornerback in the NFL. He's at the mercy of, of nerve damage in his shoulder. Uh, and he can't control that, but everything else that he control, uh, he will ratchet that all up because of Greg Newsom. All right. That's 10 picks in again, miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, John Johnson, Jadavion Clowney, Troy Hill, Ronnie Harrison, Greg Newsom, Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa, Grant Delpit, and Greedy Williams. And I'm going to take Tack McKinley. Now, I'm not sure everybody would take Tack McKinley here. I am kind of a Tack truther. Um, I think there's just the, uh, some of the other spots left. There's enough comparable guys that to me, Tack as the third end, I think pretty clearly is the third end. And so I'll pair him with Miles Garrett. And I think we're, now we're getting into this area, Mary Kay, where um, we're, we're, we're talking about like the good depth for the Browns. 
making everything a little less, uh, we got, you know, that like, okay, well, if, what if they didn't have Pat McKinley? Well, I don't know, they'd probably be fine. What if they didn't have, but I think that almost applies to like almost everybody else that's left that we've gone 10 deep on like really, really important guys. And now I think we're getting to guys. I don't want to say they're, they're bonus because there's still plenty of starters here, but if, if they were abducted by aliens tomorrow, like I, the Browns would be okay. I don't think the Browns would be a worse team. I don't think their Super Bowl chances would be lessened if they would lose Tack McKinley or anybody else coming behind him. But yeah, you kind of knew I was going to take Tack. I talk about Tack all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Tack is one of your guys. And uh, I know it was a little bit difficult for you when the Browns signed Jadavian. I, I know that was a little hard. <sighs> I don't know why. Again, why do you have to get so many good players, Mary Kay? What's the? I mean, what's the? Oh, anyway. You're right, you're right. Um, so yeah, no. Tech's a great pick here, and you're right. We have gotten to that point in this draft where it's anybody's ball game now. You can pick anybody here from from here on out, and it will make some kind of sense depending on what you're looking to do. Uh, so yes, you had to. You had to stay true to Tack, and uh, and that's a good pick here. And I watched a lot of Tack in minicamp. Tack was dialed in. He was, he's really trying, and he really cares. I saw some really good things in Tack McKinley that I really liked in minicamp. He's he's asking questions. He's patting around after some guys like Jadavian and Miles to figure out like what do you do here, what do you do there. He's getting mad at himself if he makes a mistake or slips going around the bags. I mean, I really liked what I saw in Tack McKinley. And I think that bodes well for his future here. And again, I think everybody realizes this. And it's the kind of thing we're going to be in talking. We have talked a lot about, we'll continue to talk a lot about. The Browns are the type of franchise, the type of team, the type of roster, the type of coaching staff with a lot of these young veterans, right? Where Miles Garrett is established, Denzel Ward is is established. John Johnson is established. And other guys in this league are like, I want to be like that guy. Mm-hmm. And I want to learn from that guy. I'm going to be motivated by that guy. And all of a sudden, we are going to see with the Browns that players are going to be better in Cleveland than they were in other places because the Browns have pillars like Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward and John Johnson and Anthony Walker, just some guys like that where it's going to raise everybody's game. So for you to say that about Tack McKinley, that's why I like the acquisition because I don't think you're getting Atlanta Tack McKinley. Uh I think you're getting new believing in myself. Let me watch Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney do their thing. And I want to be as good as them. And, and guess what? It's like, it's, it's, it's how you, you have to spend money to make money, right? It's like why rich people stay rich because you have all this money. You can make investments. You should take some risks. The Browns, their investments paid off and now they can roll the dice with some other investments. And guess what? Not everyone's going to hit, but every now and then, you know, I remember a guy I worked with uh, 20 years ago had said he invested like in this little donut company one time. Cause it was like a local thing and he liked it. And they thought they had good donuts. It's like, it was Krispy Kreme. <laughs> now it's like, you know, so this is, this is, you know, now they can invest in a donut company. Tack McKinley's their Krispy Kreme. And you get the hot and fresh, you know, you drive in and you get the hot donut right in the drive through and it's kind of dripping with the glazed <laughs> sugar. And who doesn't like that? But you got to get in on the ground floor. So they're in early, early enough on tack, right, that they have a chance to get like a big return on the investment. Me, I don't. You know, I have my mattress under my my millions under my mattress, Mary Kay. I'm not I'm not invested. I don't know how to do that stuff. So anyway, 
Tack McKinley, he's my investment. And I took him there with the uh, 11th pick. Mary Kay, who are you taking at 12? All right. At 12, uh, I think it's time for me to move to the interior of the defensive line. I really liked what I saw from Malik Jackson uh, during minicamp as well. You want to talk about a guy who sort of looks rejuvenated, and a number of them did. And like you mentioned, uh, they're not getting the Atlanta attack. Remember, he was so disgruntled in Atlanta. He, he was an unhappy man there. So Tack looks uh, happier in a place where he feels valued. And I think Malik Jackson looks a little younger, a little bit rejuvenated. He looks like he's in really good shape. Uh, he was all over the place. He is a leader. Uh, they've added leaders at like every level, level of the defense, and he is certainly one. And I think he's going to make an impact in there. And not only is he going to play on the inside, but he's going to move to the outside. He looks like a defensive end. He just didn't have the body type I was expecting. Neither did Tack, by the way. Tack looks smaller than I was expecting, um, you know, just lighter and shorter than I was expecting, just a smaller, more compact defensive end that I was anticipating. And Malik Jackson is taller and leaner. You know, I think of defensive tackles, you know, those, you know, run plugging big guys in the middle, like the Tommy Togi eyes and guys like that. Uh, but Malik Jackson is a hybrid defensive lineman that will get time on the outside, enabling them to then also move Jadavian on the inside, move miles inside at times. So the versatility I think is going to be tremendous for them. And he just looks like he's ready to play with his hair on fire. He's really excited to be here. You can just tell. So I'm going with Malik right here. It's a good pick. Um, Again, that's the first defensive tackle off the board. But again, the idea, again, add him to the upside bucket. I'm going to go with my first linebacker. I'm going to take Anthony Walker. I just think of the other guys that are left. Like, you know, once you get past the upside of JOK, the Browns could have had BJ Goodson back. They picked Anthony Walker instead. It's like a steadying guy. Darius Leonard and in Indy loved him. And I think he's the right guy because Anthony Walker, I think like from an ability standpoint can be like the ninth or 10th best player on the defense when he's on the field and surrounded by all these other guys but it doesn't mean he's the ninth or 10th most important guy on the field. It just is going to allow him to do the job of a middle linebacker, you know, run the show a little bit, but not be tasked with being like the most dynamic athletic guy out there because they have plenty of other guys to do that. So I I do, I just think he's the, I think he's the second linebacker that you would take in a draft like this. I don't know if you disagree with that, Mary Kay, but I'll take Anthony Walker. No, he is the second linebacker that I would take in a draft like this. And you know that he's going to start it at middle linebacker, at least the way that's the way that it's, it's shaping up. And, um, and uh, you know, he, from a leadership standpoint, once again, uh, he's going to, he's going to be tremendous. And I, I just think he's going to be out there a lot. He might be the green dot guy. So he's going to make a big, big impact for them. Uh, I think he'll be on the field a lot. So, yeah, I think he would be the second linebacker to be taken. Um, so I need, some more linebackers myself. Um, we're starting into, to get into that area again, where you can kind of pick any number of guys, but I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to go with Jacob Phillips here. I, I think they want Jacob Phillips to step up and play a bigger role this season. And that when you draft somebody in the third round, that guy is kind of important to, to your future. So I'm going to say, Jacob, 
he's going to get some reps at weak side linebacker. He, he can, but he can do anything. He can play anywhere. And I think they want to get him on the field somehow, some way. So, uh, you know, you could, I could have made a case here for, for some other guys, but knowing how you feel about your own draft picks and guys that are drafted in the third round and, he started to come on a little bit at the end of last season. I'm going with Jacob here. I think it's the right pick. I mean, I think it's the, it's the, maybe the biggest upside still of guys out there. Again, how do the linebackers all fit together? None of us are entirely sure, but I think that's a good pick there. I don't have any defensive uh, tackles. Blake Jackson was first one off the board. I'll take Andrew Billings here, put him on the nose. He's probably, the, I guess he's probably the last starter still out there. Although I imagine, right. We're just going to see kind of a rotation there. But again, I just think he's, uh, I am very curious about opt-out guys. And what, what did it mean for you if you didn't play last year? And I am curious about this theory, especially in football, of like, if you just sort of had a, a year to like, let your body take a break, right? I, I, I think there's a better chance that guys are going to come back feeling good rather than being rusty. And so I'm very curious to see what Andrew Billings does for the Browns this year. And I'll take him here. And that's a really good pick here. Um, I, I thought about taking him where I took Jacob, because as you mentioned, he was the only starter still hanging out there. Um, but when I watched him in mini camp, he does have that defensive tackle body. In fact, they mentioned that, you know, he could maybe mix in a salad or two occasionally, but um he can move. I mean, he can move for a defensive tackle who's carrying uh, that kind kind of weight. Uh, and, and I think that if he does come off of, of this opt-out the way that they hope he will, he, he's going to be a darn good defensive tackle. But I'm going um, to pick another defensive tackle myself because I need one. And because, again, we're getting down into that part of the, uh, of the draft where you can just kind of pick anybody at this point. Um, but I'm going to go with that theory again, that, that they would probably like to try to get some of their own draft picks on the field. I'm going to go with Jordan Elliott here at defensive tackle. I think he will be part of the rotation. Uh, I think he will work in there with Andrew and with Malik. And once again, you try to develop your guys, you try to make sure that your own guys are, uh, are getting in there, you know, guys that you drafted fairly high, you want to, to play them. So I'm going to go with Jordan at defensive tackle here. Good pick. I'll go linebacker. I think Malcolm Smith is the next guy up at linebacker with uh, JOK, the first linebacker taken, then Anthony Walker, then Jacob Phillips. So I'll go Malcolm Smith here. Good coverage guy, still in that rotation. Again, like unlike BJ Goodson, this is a veteran that they had last year and they decided to keep. So they brought him back. I still think he's in that mix and he'll be my second linebacker. You know, I'm going I'm to stick with linebacker here. I'm going to go with Sione Taki Taki here. Uh, he's really the, the best run defender amongst their linebackers. And he actually graded out very well last year, uh, according to pro football focus. He was pretty darn high amongst linebackers. Now, they're not going to be in the base defense all that much, which is one of the reasons why you would, uh, you know, maybe not have him as one of your foremost linebackers in a draft like this. But he, he's a darn good linebacker. He's getting better. And, and there are going to be plenty of times where they need somebody that can stop the run. So, Sione, here. So that's five linebackers off the board so far. And, again, I think that's the whole point of that. There's no super high linebacker pick necessarily, but then there's this group of guys that they figure they can find two or three guys 
each snap to get on the field. I'll take um, Tommy Togiai. And I did he how did he look? Did he not look? Now, listen, I, I didn't go. I was not out at anything. So I didn't eyeball anything myself. Uh, I was gone for much of June. What was your impression of Tommy Togiai out of Ohio State, Mary Kay, when you guys got eyeballs on him? Good. Good. He looked he, he looked apart. I mean, you could tell he pl- has played a lot of football at a high level. I think that matters. I think when you play at a program uh, like Ohio State, you just come in and you look like you're ready to play some NFL football. And he looked like that. He did, it just the moment wasn't too big for him. And I thought he looked really solid in there. So I think this is a good pick here. I'm probably doubling up on noses maybe there, like with Billings and Togiai together, but we'll work it out. And I just think, again, Togiai, I, I just really liked that pick at that slot for the Browns. He was a guy who was only three years at Ohio State, was certainly had his best year in his third year, but it was limited um, by COVID. Obviously, he didn't get to play in the national championship game because of that. So I still think I, I don't think we have a true sense of what Tommy Togiai can be. And we're drafting this team for right now. But I just think like, again, he's a guy by the end of this season that that could be working in more in that defensive line rotation than he will early in the year. All right. We are in the 10th round. This is going to be our 20th pick, Mary Kay. Who are you taking? Oh my gosh. I'm almost to that point where I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to find uh, the next guy that I would want to take. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Mac Wilson here. I'm going to go with Mac because Mac had a surprise spring. I mean, he had a really, really good spring. He's attached himself to the hip of Anthony Walker and he, you know, we have to remember last year he suffered a hyperextended knee. Uh, in training camp. And he really wasn't himself early on. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, There was a time this off season where I thought he's not going to make the team and he's still not guaranteed to make the team. But as of right now, uh, he's going to get some weak side reps and he's going to vie for time there with the Jacob Phillips and the JOKs. Um, And he's going to have to prove himself, but he is not down for the count. He's not. He's somebody that you kind of have to keep an eye on. I like it. He's a guy, again, I think a lot of us, me included, have almost like in in our heads moved on from Mac Wilson and and maybe too early um, because if he's doing that, I mean, what better thing could you do as a linebacker right now than attach yourself to Anthony Walker and say, teach me how to do this. All right. I'm going to take a guy. This is sort of like my bonus pick. I have two left, so I still kind of need to fill a slot, but I'm going to take this as my bonus guy because I think he's has a chance to be the Donovan Peoples Jones of this draft for the Browns. I just don't know if he'll get on the field that much if everybody's healthy, but Donovan Peoples Jones wouldn't have gotten on the field that much last year if everybody was healthy. So I'll take Richard LeCount mm-hmm. at safety. And the reason I say that is because he was like a five-star recruit that Ohio state wanted that didn't go to Ohio state and then wound up getting picked later in the draft. than maybe you would have expected based off, what they were like as high school prospects and the fact that they, you know, he went to a big time program, just like DPJ did went to Georgia was a good player, right. Kind of had, had the motorcycle accident, had kind of a weird last year in college, but I don't think hidden in, in, in not even that hidden in there somewhere is upside. Now, whether it's going to happen and whether the Browns are going to find it, who knows, but I just think he's an interesting young guy. Again, the, the Browns are doing this right, that they have three safeties they believe in, 
And then over time, are you going to have all three safeties in this winning window for the next five years? No, you're not going to be able to pay all those guys. So what do you do? Well, you take a shot at Richard LeCount, and then maybe in two years when you don't have the three safeties you have now, Richard LeCount's ready to slide in. So I don't – I mean, Mary Kay, right? I mean, he's not – unless – if Grant Delpit's healthy, Richard LeCount's no better than your fourth safety. So how often does your fourth safety play? Not that much. He's going to be on special teams and doing whatever. But I just think there's a chance to, that there might be something there. Well, absolutely. And they, they really like him. They're excited about him. Uh, he, he's got the skill set that they're looking for. And as you mentioned, safety is vitally important. And there is something about that five-star uh, recruit element too. So I, I think that's a good pick here. All right, Mary Kay, your pick in the 11th round, this is a 22nd player off the board. So like, theoretically, this is like the, the last bit of like a, you know, a full two deep. And then we have two more spots left still. Who are you taking? Uh, I'm going to take Porter Gustin here. Uh, you know, that would give me, you know, a couple different options at pass rusher. And now you can have a little bit of a rotation because I've got uh, Jadavian Clowney. Actually, I needed another pass rusher. Um, so, yeah, Porter Gustin uh, is uh, somebody that will be in the, in the rotation probably this year, depending on uh, how it all shakes out. And, uh, and I needed that other guy. And you talked about sort of like Malik Jackson having some ability maybe to go outside. We know Jadavion Clowney might be able to come inside at times, but but probably, right? I mean, Porter Gustin really is still probably your fourth end, right? Behind Miles, Jadavion, Tack, and then it's Porter Gustin. So that, yes. that's, that's a role. That's yep. a role. And he filled that last year. Yep, absolutely. All right. So I still need another outside corner because I'm going to play three corners in my defense. And so I'm going to take the guy that I pushed for to make uh, when we did our year in review in January and we did the play of the year. Right. And I was on the Robert Jackson bandwagon of making the pick on the two point conversion against the Steelers in week 17. That was him, right? It was Robert Jackson, right? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking him. So I don't, I'm not, is he the fourth outside corner that if Troy Hill, all things being equal is in the slot and then it's, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, and Greedy Williams. Is is he the fourth outside corner? I, I'm I'm trying to think who else. AJ Green. I'm trying to figure out like who even it might be. I I, I guess I, I guess yeah. if they get in a pinch, maybe they'd play Troy Hill outside and elevate MJ Stewart in the slot, and they'd fill a hole that way. But right, he's still for a pure outside guy. He's probably the fourth guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could you could have made a case for AJ Green there too, but. Um... You know, he's he's a little unproven. So, sure, Robert's a decent pick there. We're at that point where we're picking Robert Jackson. Yep. Okay, so we're going down the last pick. I think uh, it looks like to me on my list of guys that were possible, you've got MJ Stewart in the slot. You've got Marvin Wilson as an undrafted defensive tackle rookie. You've got Tony Fields, fifth-round linebacker. Maybe Curtis Weaver, if you think he makes a move. Those are the four guys that I still had my on my list, Mary Kay. That are undrafted. So are you taking one of those four? Or you got a Mary Kay wild card here. No, I I had written down already what I was going to do. I, I need that slot corner. I mean, I, I have to have the slot. I don't have it yet. You've got the best slot. Um, so I'm taking MJ Stewart here uh, so I can accomplish the uh, the job that I need to get done in the back end. All right. So the Mary Kay Cabot team, Denzel Ward, Jadavion Clowney, Ronnie Harrison, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, Greedy Williams, Malik Jackson, Jacob Phillips, Jordan Elliott, Sione Takitaki, Mac Wilson, Porter Gustin, and MJ Stewart. 
the Doug LaMaurice team, Miles Garrett, John Johnson, Troy Hill, Greg Newsom, Grant Delpit, Tech McKinley, Anthony Walker, Andrew Billings, Malcolm Smith, Tommy Togiai, Richard LeCount, and Robert Jackson. We will send out a full list to all of our Browns insiders on text to let them vote for the full complete teams. Uh, we will have this up with our podcast um, at cleveland.com slash Browns. If you want to check that out, we'll have the full rosters there. And uh, again, Mary Kay, I don't know. I think maybe I'm a little closer than like the 80-20 vote on the offensive side of the ball, but I'm I'm not exactly sure that I won this. But I, I, I think the exercise is they go about, man, probably at least maybe like 13 or 14. 14 or 15 players deep of guys that like you really believe in maybe even more. I mean, it's like, you know, like Sione Taki Taki is a football player. He's just maybe like a situational guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know that anybody says, Oh, Sione Taki Taki can't play. I mean, that's like 18 deep. I mean, you really could get there. I mean, I think you can really believe almost a full two deep here, Mary Kay. Yeah. At every position, a full, like 22 guys that, if they had to be on the field, I don't think people would freak out. And again, there was a time with Brown's defenses where once you probably got to like the eighth guy on the, on the, the defense, you'd be like, ah, I don't know if that guy should be in the NFL. So I think it is, it is the same thing with the offense that we talked about. They have some high end guys. When you're talking about miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, John Johnson at the top of the list, but the depth has come along. And I hope an exercise like this helps fans appreciate that. Well, two things real quick. The reason why I won the offensive draft in part was because I had the first pick and I got to pick Baker Mayfield. Um, and I, you have a really good, you've got a really, really good defensive draft uh, led by Miles. So we should probably let people know that there is that little, like who gets to pick first uh, is probably going to win, win the round. But uh, the other thing real quick, I just circled all the guys here that we, that we drafted um, and many of them, Hill, Newsom, Delpit, Tack, Walker, Billings, Togiai, Richard LeCount, JOK, Greedy Williams, Jadavian Clowney. None of those guys were on the field last year. Yep. None of those guys were on the field last year. I mean, they they were holding it together with glue and nails and rubber bands. And they have a lot of good defensive players this year. All right. Excited to see these guys working together on the field. We appreciate you guys being part of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Always fun to hang out with Mary Kay Cabot. We'll talk to you guys next time on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast.